Greetings. You are now in tune with the Talking Reggae podcast. As always, I am Jay of Street Level Uprising. I have a very special guest with me on this episode. Please welcome Kenya Eugene, all the way from St. Croix in the U- U.S. Virgin Islands. Kenya, how you doing? Greetings, Jay. Give thanks for having me on the show. I am doing wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. And obviously, I've been listening to a lot of your music lately. Um, and, and I have a lot of, lot of things I want to say, a lot of questions I have to ask. But um, you do have a new single coming out. Uh, out it's out now, actually. A new single out yes. now called Higher. Uh, yes. and, I, and we will definitely talk about that. But what I'd love to start with is mm-hmm. tell me your earliest memories of hearing and feeling reggae music and what made you go in the direction to one day become an artist? Um, well, I come from a very musical family. Um, my dad is the one that did a lot of singing in the house, but also on my mom's side, we have like a lot of instrumentalists, like musicians and stuff. But on my dad's side is a combination of music and, and people who sing, family members that sing. And so that's always been a part of my life. Um, my father used to always just be playing music around the house, especially like on Sundays. He played a lot of music. Um, he played a lot of Lucky Dubé. Um, I also had like some cousins that I would stay by a lot on the weekends. And I remember one of my older cousins had a really big influence on me because he played a lot of roots reggae. Um, and it was just ingrained in me since I was really young. I I was exposed to a wide variety of music, but for some reason, roots was always calling my name <laughs> when it's in the blood it's in the blood you know and i love that you yeah. mentioned lucky Dube because he's absolutely one of my favorites and unfortunately I don't, I don't think enough people talk about him i don't think i don't think there's enough people talking about him um so i just i love that you that you mentioned him when did you start feeling like i want to do this i want to sing i want to be out there doing this man apparently i have been like this since i was a little child um i didn't remember personally but there was this one time as a teenager i was actually singing at a nonprofit, uh a function for a nonprofit organization and when i finished performing there was an older lady that was in the audience and she ran up to me and she gave me such a big squeeze and she was like i am so proud of you you said you would do it and here you are doing what you said you would do. And I'm totally confused. Um, Long story short, that was my Head Start teacher. And she reminded me that when I was about four and in Head Start in her class, I said that I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a superstar. That is what I want to do with my life. And that was it for me. It was just music. I just wanted to sing. And I do recall when I went to school one day and I had my sister bring my mom's radio and I sang one of my favorite songs for my class and that turned into me singing for the entire head start and so that was my first big performance right (laughs) (laughs) but um that was my first the first time I ever I guess mentioned or uttered to anybody that that's what I wanted to do with my life but it was just so amazing that i was reminded of that i didn't remember and to to see the joy that she was filled with and reminding me like yeah this is what you said and this is what you're doing you know it it was amazing for me so yeah (laughs) that's incredible and a lot of us when we're very young we're very bold right like we don't care And, and we're just willing to do whatever then we get a little older and we become self-conscious and then we yep. don't we don't want to open our mouths now did you go through that have you have you always had the uh the guts to do what you're doing or is it something that you had to grow back into after that initial stage i had to grow back into it um you are definitely right you know when we're young we're so fearless and bold about everything we know what we want most of the times you know we we know what we want and we go for it and it was so innocent, you know? And then when you get older, it's like, oh, I have to make sure I don't hit the wrong note. I have to make sure I don't mess up. 
I have to make sure I look proper. Um, did I sing the right note? Did I this? Did I that? So you have all these other things running through your mind when you should just be up there having fun and ministering, you know, having a good time. And I think a lot of time we lose that joy and that innocence from when we were younger. And so that's when a lot of the fear kicks in and the self-doubt and all of that stuff that makes you a little cuckoo in the head and you're thinking about it too much and you're stressing. So yeah, that happened to me for sure. It happened a couple of times. And I remember specifically, I was doing good for a very long time and I didn't experience any real like fear until maybe Hmm. This is after like I was a teen, like long after. Um, but it was like little short, little temporary things. And then as an adult, um, I remember I opened for India Ari and it was no fear. It was pure excitement and and happiness. And it was awesome, you know, to the point where she called me back up on the stage to sing during her set. But after that, it was everybody was talking about it in the Virgin Islands. It was such a big deal. That when I had to perform again, there was anxiety. Oh, wow. There was, wow. am I wow. going to be able to live up to that? Am I going to be able to outdo myself or maintain the state, the same, you know, level, you know, or maintain the standard, you know? Mm. And so that was difficult for me. And I do remember I avoided a lot of performances. Mm. If I'm being honest, I avoided some performances for a little while because I was just so shook. I didn't, you know, I remember there was one performance where I totally, like I lost my voice and this is anxiety. My body went into fight or flight and it was like, mm, shut my throat one time. Like, and it's like, you know, your voice just disappears. Wow. And so I, that, that was a real thing, you know, and I had to work myself back up to a place where I'm like, nah, everybody has a good day. Everybody has a bad day. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is my voice. It is what it is. I know what I love to do. And what matters most is that I go out there and I minister and I have a good time. Have a good time. That was the most important thing for me. Have a good time when you're doing what you love. You got into doing this because you love singing. Yeah. When I was a child, I loved singing. I still love it. But I had to remind myself of the reasons why. I was doing what I was doing, you know, why I got into this industry, why I made it, you know, my lifelong dream and my passion. You know, I, I had to remind myself. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's so amazing. And it's almost it's almost the opposite of what you would expect, because you're opening for India Ari, who's a huge star and you're getting all these people telling you you were incredible and, you know, and all this. And you would almost think that that you know it would give you more confidence and it would be like mm -hmm. okay i've made it all these people um but i do i do get what you're saying about like we're all our own toughest critic right and we're all just trying yep. at the end of the day we're trying to like you can't please other people you have to try to please yourself you have to be genuine with what yeah. you're doing um and it's it's a, confidence is such a fragile thing it's i wish i would have known when i was younger that like Confidence is 99% of like everything you do in this world, you know? Yeah. Um, how did, when did you finally feel like you had overcome that and you were ready to just do anything, go anywhere, sing anywhere and just kill it every time? Um, to be honest, it's something that I just work on daily. Mm. Period. I mean, it is a work. I am a work in progress. Yeah. You know, I am constantly working on it. The confidence is there. I love my music. I just always have to remind myself, this is why you are doing this. Don't forget. Don't forget your reasons for why you are doing this. I love to sing. It makes me happy. That's my happy place. That's where I could zone out and be totally me. I can be vulnerable. I can discuss politics. I could do whatever I want there. That's my place, right? Yeah. But I also have to remind myself that I still have to be careful because I am ministering to other people. Right. And so um, for me, it's always about a constant improvement and constantly working on myself. So I wouldn't say today, 
no, I'm great. Like I'm in a perfect space. No, I'm working. I work on it daily. It's something that you have to work on every single day of your life because today you could be up, tomorrow you could be down. You know, today you may be great and you may have the best time of your life. Next show, you got sore throat because you had a call or something and you doubt in yourself and here comes, you know, all the doubts and you're like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to make it through or push through the show? You know, and it's just about finding ways to work around the challenges that come your way. I remember um, I used to always feel like I had to sing every song in a very exact same note that I recorded it in, mm. that I recorded it in. And I stopped doing that because there are times when vocally you have to compromise or you have to find a workaround. Like if you have a cold or, or something is going on, you're just off that day and you know, you have to perform. Nobody don't want hair. You're not feeling well, or you're not at a hundred percent, or you don't feel good of you, or you have some family issues that you struggle. They don't want to hear that. They know that they paid to get an amazing performance out of you. They want that experience and it's your job to give that to them. Right. And so. I had to find a workaround. So if I can't reach this note today, why am I forcing myself to reach this note today? How about you take it a step down and kill it? You know, and so I had to learn little things like that um, because I lived inside my mind so much. It was always me criticizing myself. Oh gosh, I have to do it this way. It has to be perfect. And if I don't, then somebody's going to notice and it's just not it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I really had to learn to scale back and like relax and just focus on what's the task I've had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you find that through all this, like for me, um, someone once asked me, you know, and I've asked a lot of times, like, do you get nervous before you go on stage? And it's like, nah, I'm not nervous on stage. It's, it's the rest of my life <laughs> with the anxieties in. Do you find that, do you find like when you're up on stage, you're in your element, you're perfectly comfortable? Sometimes. So what happens for me is I might get nervous like the second before I get onto that stage. And the minute I open my mouth and the first note comes out, it's over. You know, that's it. I'm in my zone. That's it. Um, so me, for that's normally how that works. I don't know, but I don't really, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think there's a time where I'm like truly nervous anymore on stage. It just comes like right before and then I'm good after that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Do you, um, do you remember, take me back, let's go back to when you first started doing this and you're, you're on the path to do this professionally and you start recording. Give me the rundown on your, your earliest recording efforts and uh, what you learned about being in the studio. Um, I think my first recordings were actually with Dean Pond. My first single that I ever released was entitled My Joy, and that was a lover's rap tune. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily remember it that way because I went, I jumped straight into singing R&B. But um, my first song was I Love Us Rock. I did that with Dean Pond and he was, he was tough. Mm. Um, I am disciplined. I, for me, it's always about breathing breath and control when I'm singing. And I had to learn how to do my own background vocals. And it was difficult because Dean, if you were a smidget off or you sounded flat, it was like, again, 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 again. And I was like, my gosh, that was like the most painful, most frustrating thing ever. But he trained me so good to the point where now I self-correct and I actually love it. I get into the booth. You know, and, and so he trained me in that. I don't know if he even knows that uh, he did that for me, but because he pushed me so hard, that's how I go all the time. 
So anytime I do any of my background vocals or I'm stacking, um, I self-correct. So if I find that I'm flat on something, sometimes the producer may not even notice. I hear it. I do it over. Um, so it was a beautiful experience for me, but it was a little like, it was, it was frustrating at first because I had to learn and had to, I had really had to learn to have that discipline and to actually really listen to myself because sometimes you could get so hyped when you're in there that you forget to truly listen. And then afterwards, you know, you go back and you sit on you like, man, I need to go do that over, you know? Um, so it was a, it, it was a wonderful learning experience for me that I still benefit from today. You know, so yeah. I think a lot of us go through that as young musicians. You get in a situation, you're like, oh, I can sing or I can play guitar or whatever. Then you get in the studio and it's like, nah, like this is a different, this is a different vibe. Yeah. This, is, this is about, you know, because when you're, when you're on stage, it's not the environment. You touched on this earlier. It doesn't, um, it's not conducive to perfection when you're in front of yes. a live audience, you know, but in the studio, it's like, you really need to be disciplined enough. And that was the same thing with my first studio experience. It's like, whoa, like I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. and, you, and, and the other thing you said there about listening, we are musicians, we are singers, uh, you know, we use our hands, we use our voices, but it, it, it still comes down to your ears. Your ears are what makes you know if you're on pitch or if you're messing yeah. up and you have to listen to the band and hear what they're doing. So that's yeah. an incredible experience. Did you let me talk about your voice for a minute? You, you have this incredible quality to your voice. Um, it's 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 rare that I hear someone who can sing with such power and control, yet you can also do this very light, breathy voice to you. It's 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 <laughs> usually you hear one or another in a vocalist, yeah. For you to have that type of depth to your voice. Did you study um, with like formal voice coaches or was this just the result of you just having no. the natural talent and developing it on your own? And it was the latter. It was me having the natural talent and just developing it. And I think a lot of it had to do with the type of music that I listen to, the mm -hmm. artists that I love and that I mimic. You know, um, I actually love Anita Baker. Um, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. So you see the lows and you hear the highs, yeah. you know? I listen to a lot of Luther Vandras, Brian McKnight. Those are the artists that I really and truly like love. And it's crazy because I was in elementary <laughs> listening to this kind of music, singing this kind of music. So like when I was in elementary, my first song that I really sang at a talent show was The Greatest Love of All, Whitney Houston. Wow. You know you have to belt for that, you know. Um, and I can go back a little bit. In elementary, I did have some training, like choir practice. My older sister was in choir, and so I used to go to choir practice with her every morning. And I fell in love with the alto section. And so I practiced with them every single day of the week. We practiced. And I learned a lot of breathing techniques at the age of like a very early age. I was in elementary, you know, that's not something that you just learned. So I don't know if I'd be dishonest by saying I didn't have any formal training, but that that's the, to the extent that's the, you know, that's where that went. That's where that came from. And I always kept that with me. You know, a lot of people will tell you, like, they grew up in church singing in the choir. That wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I started singing really and truly in school. And um, so that was the, the training, I would say, that the most training that I've had, like, you know, going to choir practice, learning the breathing techniques, mm -hmm. you know, learning that you have to breathe from your abdomen and how to push out the notes and learning when to scale back and how to eat properly so that, you know, you're not full of mucus when you're performing. These are things I learned in elementary. Most singers don't learn this until they're like adults, you know, yeah, that was me. they become <laughs> adults and they get coaching, you know? So <laughs> I had that in my back pocket since I was a little child. And so imagine me honing that skill for, you know, all those years up into adulthood. So, I mean, that's pretty much where that came from in terms of like, skill like learning to have breathing control you know those things 
that's where that came from. But I would say it was mostly just raw talent and me listening to different artists that I love and mimicking them and seeing what I can do, um, seeing the capable the capabilities of my voice and seeing how far I could push it, you know. Yeah. Well, it it definitely helps. Also, I mean, obviously, you have that natural raw ability that a lot of people just aren't aren't blessed with. But the singers you were listening to was like it sounds like that was the right education. And and also, uh, greatest love of all was my fifth grade graduation song. So just a awesome. Just putting that <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, let's let's talk about your new single. I wanna I wanna get right to it. Let's talk about okay. higher. I, I love this tune. Um, tell me about the origin of this tune. Where did it come from? How did it develop? So actually the producer, Bobo Rems, he linked me um, and, you know, wanted to work together, sent me a couple of tracks. And the track that I used for hire was the one that was calling my name. It just stuck out to me one time. Um, my process in terms of writing is like the music has to speak to me first. If it doesn't, then I just I just won't really write to it until that time comes. Mm-hmm. So that song, that the music spoke to me the most. <clears throat> and at the time, I was actually back in in the Virgin Islands visiting um, with my husband and my children because we have a long distance relationship going right now. And so we went home to visit my husband, and while we were there. We decided to go to the park after work and we were chilling and just seeing the children playing and all the families together was just so heartwarming. And um, at the same time, I was listening to the track, trying to multitask while the kids, the children were playing. And it just came to me, you know, it was like that ultimate love, agape, you know, love that's like without condition, like, you know, I love you. Um, that was major to me just seeing that type of love like you know i'm not loving you because of what you can do for me like there is no limit to my love you know the love that a father has for his child or that a mother has for her child you know they would do anything in the world to protect those children you know and also looking at the people who are in relationships that were there you know looking at their movements how they dealt with each other and it just came to me. And it so turned out that my husband and I just ended up writing a song together. It wasn't even planned. We just started writing and he was like, oh, you should say this. And I was like, oh, we should do that. You know, so, I mean, that's just how that came together. It came together perfectly. And I think that the timing was right um, for the song. I think the topic was right. It, I think that right now, all we need right, right now at this moment we need love because there's so much disaster, so much hatred going on in the world right now. So many things that we could just be worrying our heads with, things that we are dealing with on a daily basis. And sometimes we forget to stop and breathe and just love it, love on yourself, love on your family, you know? And so I felt like this was really necessary and the timing was perfect, you know? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's 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 so funny, and it sounds cliche, but it's it's like the one thing that you can never have too much of, and it's the one thing you can never spread too much of, and it's and it's it's been said in so many songs forever, but like we need it more than ever. Just like you said, we're we're, yeah. we're there's some tough times in the world right now, and it's like when are you gonna stop and just love each other? Like when is it? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, I look, and I look at it like I'm an outsider sometimes. I think like, what's wrong with everyone? Like, why can't we just look yeah. at each other and be be and like, just be happy? Show yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. You know? Bas- basic human love. Is is yeah. that is that always your songwriting practice? Do you always um, get inspiration from uh, you know different tracks that you hear or something, or do you ever start off with an idea and then look for a rhythm to go with that? No, I don't think I have ever started off with an idea, like just mentally, like, or started writing before I heard the music. For me, it's always about the music. Does it pull up my heartstrings? Does it make me feel away? How does it make me feel? Am I angry at something? Am I happy? Am I sad? Does it make me feel like really emotional? Does it make me feel or think about love? Am I sad when I listen to it? So those are the things that I look for in the music. I just 
I, I run through whatever tracks are provided to me or whichever one just pulls at me the most. That's the one I decide to write and that I decide to write to. And then when I sit down, I just meditate on the music. And what if the first words that come to me, <laughs> that's what we're writing about. If I feel sad and I'm, I'm, I'm humming a melody or whatnot, it just, it goes from there. You know, for me, it's all about the music. I feel like, you know, what what is this track or is this music going to pull out of me? You know, because I don't like to write about, I don't like to write to music that doesn't make me feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I, I just, I can't, if I'm not moved by it, you will see it if I perform it. You will see that this is not something that I really care about. And for me, I call my music heart music. And there's a reason because it has to speak to my heart. I have to feel it. You know, a lot of my my lyrics are based on my personal experience, people in my life, like their personal experiences. And sometimes it's just a stranger. Like when I when I sat down and I read I wrote higher, I was looking at different families interact and looking at people and then reflecting on my relationship and the things that I love, you know, and how I feel about my husband, how I feel about my children. So for me, the music has to make me feel something because we marrying the music with the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they have to complement each other. What I, what I hear in all of your songs is quality and it's probably because of your process about making sure something speaks to you and not just being willing to write whatever to anything um as an artist like uh, who, creating your own music that quality control to me is a is a big idea you know a huge idea and we don't think of quality control a lot of times that's like a business thing but like as artists like that's a big deal like we have to really yeah. look at what we're doing and say you know is this worthy is this worthy of what I've already put out there, is it worthy of me putting myself into this? And, you know, mm-hmm. who, who feels it knows it. And if you don't, if you have yeah. any doubt, you can't, you, you can't go through with it. It's the same thing. Like knowing when a, when a tune is done, when you're done writing it, right. You just feel that it's right. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So, I mean, I, I hear you on that. And that is my practice. I have to feel it. If I don't feel it, it's just, so you can ask me to write a song for you. And I can write the song for you because it's not for me. You know what I mean? So I can write and cater a song to somebody else. Once I know this is what you you like, this is what you're looking for, I can do that for you. Mm -hmm. But if you're sending me music and asking me to, to write on it for myself, I have to feel it. And so I always, I think like sometimes producers could be really sensitive. And so I always, Make sure I say to them, I, I'm only going to write to the music that I feel, whatever speaks to me. So I don't want you to take offense to me saying no to one or two tracks. Yeah. You know, it's not that the music is not good. Right. It's that it just doesn't speak to me at this point in my life. Because there have, there's also been like times where I got maybe like a producer sent me like five tracks. And only one spoke to me and I wrote. And then fast forward, maybe like a year later, I'm listening to the tracks again and two of them speak to me and I'm writing on two songs that I didn't write to originally. You know, so it's always, I always like to make sure I say like not, and it's not just because I don't write to it now or because it doesn't speak to me now. That doesn't mean it's not going to speak to me a couple of days, a couple of weeks a year from now, a couple months down the line, because we are always growing and changing and our experiences are different. And so we go through different emotions and whatnot. So yeah, maybe down the line, I might be feeling this, but right now I'm feeling that, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great lesson, you know, and, and it's something we all need sometimes, like take your ego out of it, producers, because it doesn't mean it's not a great track. It's just... Yeah. You're not feeling it at this very moment. And it's like, and I hate to see producers give up because one or two people told them that they're not into this. Like, no, just, just, just keep going. Just, just keep yeah. on going, you know? And that's, and that's a great message to, 
young producers out there, which is, you know, just, just keep doing your thing. Somebody, it will fit you. You know, if it fits you, it's going to fit you sometime or maybe another time, or maybe it's just going to fit somebody else. It's all right. Yep. 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 The other thing about your voice, you work so well in all these different genres and it's like hires a higher, you know, it's, it's kind of a roots lovers rock, uh, mash there. But so many of your other stuff, I mean, there's R and B, there's 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 pop. Um, it's amazing the the way that your voice blends with everything. Is how you choose the vibe the same way that you're choosing tracks? In other words, um, do you go into it thinking, I want to have a tune that's like this, or is it still just whatever vibes come to you from the different genres? It's mostly whatever vibe comes to me, but. I take, for instance, I am working on a Roots reggae album right now, right? Initially, it started off as an EP. And it started with me calling my music director and saying, hey, I need a Roots reggae track. I want to do something different. And he ended up sending me a bunch of tracks. Um, my music director is um, actually uh, a member of the Bamboo Station Band. And so they have a, I mean, they're an awesome band, awesome roots band. And so they sent me so much great quality music that, you know, it was amazing. Like I was in happy land when I got the music. And I, what, what I had in my mind was I wanted to write on a roots reggae track but sing it vocally like vocally perform it almost like a r&b um lovers rock kind of vibe so that's what i was going for um and we succeeded <laughs> in so many ways <laughs> in so many ways um i think i i outdid myself in so many ways because it was just an idea a thought that i had um, when I was transitioning over to doing more reggae and then focusing some on roots. And so it just came with a thought. I was literally driving down the highway <laughs> and I called him and I was like, let's do this. And he was like, okay. You know, but in that instance, I could say I had the thought, I knew what I wanted and then we executed. Mm. But for the most part, it's pure vibes. Like, yeah. 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 That's, that's really great. Do you feel going forward as a creative artist, do you feel that this is the way you're going to keep going as far as um, doing whatever you feel in the moment? Or do you see yourself in the future looking for something, uh, something different, something to, to put together that would, would have maybe like one main focus, or is it just, do you see yourself going forward on the same path? Um, I think I see myself going forward on the same path for a while. Um, but because of how I am, I, I don't think I would like to be an R&B artist. I know that for, for a fact, mm -hmm. you know, um, because of what my liberty is um, right now at the moment, um, where I am spiritually, I see myself staying the path for a while with roots reggae, lovers rock, just staying within a reggae genre. But because I also have such a great love for like ballads and um, R&B, but I, I, I think I prefer ballads even more. You can look forward to hearing something like that here and there. I mean, if, even like with my live performances, sometimes you will hear me sing a ballad in there. I will sing um, Promise Me or you'll hear me sing um, You Are My World, you know, somewhere at the beginning or the end or encore or something. But I always like to give a little bit of something different for people who actually remember me or support me from the days when I was singing R&B because I do have like some real grassroots fans that just they're still spinning my my first album they're still spinning if i could and they love the r&b but they also love the reggae 
but I feel like I, I want to appease them. I, you know, every now and again, you got to get them a little bit of something that they had before, you know, something that they could hang on to instead of just having them reminisce like, Oh my gosh, I remember when you did this or when you did that. Okay. I'll, get, I'll bless you with a little piece of that, you know, because <laughs> it's still, it's still something that I love to do. I still walk around the house. I still sing ballads, you know, I'm always, you know, different music at different points in time. So it's like, I don't think I will ever give up on singing the other genres. It's just like, I'm going to have my main focus, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be, and I've always said that I don't want to feel like I'm being placed in a box. Like, okay, she's a reggae artist. That is all she can sing and that is all she will ever do. You know, that's, I don't want to be classified that way. I want you to know that, yeah, yeah. she's a reggae artist. But she's multifaceted, you know. Yeah, she I, could do different things, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I think a lot of us are like that. It's like as soon as as soon as you try to put me in a box, like I'm gonna be willing to do something totally different right. just to break out of that. Like even if it's not not the right thing to do. But one of the most uh, one of the most beautiful and one of the most interesting things to me are when you hear different genres like okay it's reggae but you're hearing the influences come through in that that to me is what makes a unique voice as an artist you know yes. it's, it's what keeps it from everything sounding the same is all of your other influences that you know if you're singing a reggae tune your other influences are still coming through that and mm -hmm. and that's that's what makes kenya sound like kenya is all yeah. of the stuff that comes out yeah. um and and it doesn't have to be conscious. It doesn't have to be you saying, "Well, I, I want to do this. I want to do that." It's just, you know, we are the sum total of our experiences and our influences, yeah. and it just comes out. And that's what you know. When I'm listening to your tunes, it's like you know, you got your own vibe, you got your own thing, and that's that's always yeah. what I'm looking for in in artists is to hear something I haven't heard before. You know, because there's yeah. a lot out there. Yeah, and I, I really want people to know that. I, for me, I felt like I love roots reggae, but not everybody loves roots reggae, you know. Um, but you can introduce them over to roots reggae. You can lure them into your little <laughs> trap. <laughs> um, all jokes aside, but you can get people to understand or to actually be more interested in roots reggae if you're singing about other topics too. So yes, I know the main focus, you know, for the most part is like consciousness. But what I did with my album, um, with some of the songs on my album and even with Haya, I talk about relationship and roots reggae. So we're not just praising Ja or just giving thanks for life, not minimizing any of that. That is great. And we ought to always show gratitude and to spread knowledge every time, every opportunity we get. But I wanted to do something different. I wanted to show that, yeah, you can, you could talk about love. Hold on one second. Let me make sure my computer doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. That's pretty terrible. You know, I want that to happen. I think crazy here. But I, I wanted people to know that, yeah, it's okay to sing about love. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't always have to be something secular. I could talk about love. You don't know if I'm not talking about my husband. I'm a married woman. I yeah. like to talk to my husband in a particular way. Um, I like to show my king love, you know, and it's okay. I have a song um, on my album called Ride Natty. And it's just, you know, for me, I felt like, let me, uh, let me honor the Rasta man. You know, um, a lot of times we don't show like Rasta, like a Rasta man in, 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 a, in a sexy way. Like, oh, he's handsome. Like, you know, yeah, he could look handsome too. Like it's not the just, And it's not like, I, I think the perception that a lot of people have is that it, because you Rasta, use a Rasta, you, you, you got to look raga all the yeah. time or you're not affectionate or you just, you have a certain style and that's all that is, you know, right. or because right. this is your liberty. Man, Rasta man, I show love too. You know what I mean? 
So I wanted to to shine some light on that and show like there's a softer side to 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 what you may consider a Rasta man, a hardcore Rasta man. You know what I'm saying? And so I just I wanted to make sure that I put different influences into the roots reggae so you can to gain not only just to gain more interest from other people who are not interested like and in quote unquote like hardcore reggae, mm-hmm. but they may like the music. You know, they may like to hear um the bass. They may like to hear reggae, but they're not concerned about what you're saying. And sometimes it's you kind of have to pull them in and then educate them afterwards. And so that was kind of like a little bit of my approach there. Like I wanted to keep it light. But still, in my album, you're hearing a lot of, I, I speak about politics, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of things and there's a lot of different topics in there, but there's also love. There's also, you know, just inspirational music about life. There's also heartbreak. There's anger. There's a lot of things in there, all the emotions and the feelings that we experience on a daily basis. And I just kind of wanted to show people that there's more to it, you know? We could do this. And we're not limited to just singing, oh, we're we're only conscious. We we can sing other things too. Um and the music is so versatile, you know. And so I really kind of just wanted to bring a lot of that out, shine light on it, and just do something different and not just be like everybody else or every other artist. I wanted to bring me. I wanted to make sure that when I came over to to the reggae side, like full fledged. I wanted to bring me. I don't believe in perpetrated. So you're going to get Kenya, authentic Kenya. Kenya is like, and, and if you ask anybody that followed my music from the beginning, Kenya loves love. <laughs> you know, Kenya is about, I would sing about heartbreak. I would sing about love, but I, I, would, I would also sing about inspirational stuff. So I wanted to bring me. To the table and not just totally switch up my topics and just be like, okay, no, she gone straight conscious. No, this is still Kenya. I'm growing and I don't know, maybe in the future, my focus and, and my lyrics, my lyrical content might be more focused and or more heavy in terms of the information I bring to you. Yeah, maybe that might happen um, later on in the future, but for now, you're going to get me like where I'm at right now, you know? And I just, yeah, that's, that's what I'm bringing. I just want people to know it's okay to just be yourself. And that's beautiful <laughs> because authenticity as an artist is about always being yourself and not trying to do something because you think you should, or because someone told you you should. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of people, I, I, I run into that a lot with my music because all I do is conscious music. That's my choice to do that. But right. then I get people like, oh, what? Like, so you, you like look down on love. And it's like, no, I like love songs just as much oh. as everybody, man. Like, like, no, like not at all. It's just what I choose to do as an artist. You have to be authentic to, yes. to what you want to put out there to how you feel. So I really appreciate everything that you just said. You said it perfectly. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about a few of your other tunes? I, you know, hires okay. out, and I want people to go out there. And <laughs> as soon as, as soon as this podcast is over, I want everyone to go out and 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 download this tune, save this tune, buy this tune because it's it hires an incredible tune. But I would like to discuss some of your other tunes too and show people how okay. versatile you are. Um, okay. So so I'll give you a few uh, a, a, a few uh, na- song titles, and you give me your your impressions of your own tunes. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go with Inner Light. Give me your, your impressions of your tune, Inner Light. Okay, Inner Light. <laughs> so Inner Light was featuring Desiree by Big Sis. Yeah. And um, I think when I originally wrote the song, I was in a place of, you know, sometimes you ask your job to reveal certain things to you. And then when he reveals your enemies and he reveals certain things to you, you're a little upset. <laughs> you know, and um, that's where I was at that point. I was like, you know, man, why are all these people behaving like this? It really upset me. But I asked for it. I asked for it. And I had to realize that, okay, it is a blessing 
Um, you ask for it, and whether it's a blessing in disguise or not, it's a blessing, and you need to learn to use that. And so for me, my eyes were open to a lot, and um, I was angry at a lot of people. You find out who are your friends and who are really not your friends. And um, when people think that things are going amazing for you, that's when they come around and they start to try to nitpick and, and cause problems and drama. And I think that when I wrote that song, I, I was in a space where I was like saying, like, I could see you. I know who you are. I know what you are. And it's okay. You can't dim my light no matter what. You know, so this was me. It was kind of like a shot at, at you know, anybody who thought that they could um, chase my light away with any darkness or, or I'm not saying darkness as in black is bad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, um, but sure. like any, 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 any of their malicious intents or anything, I see you yeah. for who and what you are. And they I always think we can't life. see them. They, they always, always think we do. can't see them. We always, always see them. Do. Yes. And so this was kind of like me, like, Come on, man. Yeah. I see what it is. Yeah. So stop. You know? And so that that was that was what that was for me with that song. And then there's like just she just put an ice nail on the cake. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And her contribution is is, is phenomenal. Why'd your you family got so much talent? And so it's <laughs> it's so it's so beautiful to see that. And it's I always it's I always nice. I always love when family makes music together, you know. Yes. Um I, I, I'm privileged to make music with uh with my wife's older brother. I mean, he, me and him have been that's friends. Awesome. That's how that's how I actually met her was I knew him first, but he wow. and I have, have been making music together for for a very long time. As I love seeing family, a family vibe with music. So to see your sister on that track is is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> um let's talk about another beautiful tune. Um tell me about Always Love You. Oh my gosh. Um, Always Love You was a straight up <laughs> a page out of my, my love story <laughs> book. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a little bit exaggerated. Like if you've seen the video, it was, it was a lot of drama, but you know, it is basically talking about being in love with somebody that's toxic for you, being in a toxic mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. But realizing it and being strong enough to move on from that relationship, but knowing and not denying your true feelings for that person. Mm. It takes a lot to be able to do that, to know that this person is not good for you, but you love them and you know that, but you have to move on and do what's best for yourself, you know, cause you have to love yourself enough to know that you're deserving of better. Mm. And so that's what always love you was about for me. And there's a lot of honesty involved in that because you can't, you know, we, we may try to trick ourselves and say, you know, we know this person's bad for us, but I'm, I'm going to stay anyway. Or we'll say mm -hmm. this person's bad for me. I don't love them. And it's like, nah, those things can both be true. You can love someone yep. who is terrible for you yep. and, and you have to be honest enough to deal with all of that and to put it all in perspective and say, I love this person, but they're bad for me. I'm going to have to break away from this and it is yep. going to hurt because i do love this person i can't pretend that i don't so mm -hmm. it's a lot of strength a lot of strength a lot of honesty yeah um, so I, I mentioned before obviously i i do love love songs but as a conscious artist i'm always um my ears really go up when i hear a conscious track so i really want to talk to you about burn it because <laughs> this tune, when I heard this tune, I was like, oh, yes, like, this is like, like, I love this song. Um, <laughs> it's almost embarrassing for me to talk about, like, I hear a song I love so much. And it's like, oh, man, like, I love this so much. Uh, would you please just just for a minute, tell me about your, your feelings about this song and how it came about? So at the time when I wrote it, I felt like there was a lot of you have to kind of know the history of the Virgin Islands. Um, the song was written in the spirit of like Queen Mary um, and the four queens. Um, there was a big rebellion in the Virgin Islands and it was, slavery was over. 
Um, but the conditions became worse. It has might it might as well you had been in slavery um, because the conditions were worse. You got paid next to nothing. You worked. You had to work for your previous slave owner, um, and they did things like make it so that if you weren't being treated well as a worker or as an employee, you had to wait till October first of the following year <laughs> to change or switch employees. I mean, to switch employers or switch jobs. Um, and the people got tired of it, you know, so they revolted, um, at the forefront of everything was, uh, the magnificent Queen Mary. If you have a chance, look up Queen Mary and the fire bun. Um, it all took place in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands on the west side of the island. And what they did was they went and they burned down a bunch of plantations. They start, they slaughtered their plantation owners, just a bunch of things that, you know, they literally burned down the place, right? Um, and they got as far as like mid-island until they were captured and the rest is history. Um, but St. Croix, and in the west side of the island where I was born is known for famous for that event. And it is known affectionately as Freedom City. And so St. Croix is known for being very vocal and active when they don't like what's going on in the community or if we feel like, you know, were being taken advantage of or whatnot. Um, they, they're the ones that are known for rising up, but I started feeling like, like all this nonsense going on in the government, all this stuff going on here in the Virgin Islands and, and our people just sitting down passive, what's wrong with them? You know, like I was fed up with that. And I was like, what is wrong? They forget the history of this island, you know, that, along with a lot of other things that were circulating in my mind that I was displeased with. And I got, this is one of the tracks that I got from Bamboo Station. And I sat down, I was actually visiting home again in the Virgin Islands. And I sat down and I wrote this song. And the first thing that came to me is like, there's, if you listen to the track really well at the beginning, there is a and it sounds like for me it sounded like chains the chains yeah, that yeah. the chains that they chained to the slaves and they were dragging on the floor and so the first thing that came to me was in the name of the queens that fought before me warrior kings the ones who made his story it just came you know what i mean and so that was it the rest was history from there but that that is where that came from you know bonnet and, and it, it was filled with a lot of passion Mm -hmm. um, frustration. And you can hear that, you know, um, I wanted to, to wake people up, like ruffle your feathers, like what are you doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're not supposed to lay down and take it, yeah. stand up, yeah. do something, you know? And there's it it a lot of different little messages in the song. Um, but yeah, that's what Bunnit was really about. And that's where it came from. But when you get a chance, look up Queen Mary, um, and the fire burn that took place in St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. And it, you'll, you'll get the full gist of the story. <laughs> I'm going to do that right after we're done here. I'm absolutely going to do it because I love history. I'm a, I'm a history nut anyway. And obviously any uh, tales of, of revolution and, and, and people standing up for themselves. Like, I love that. I love that you, you, you're willing to use every emotion in what you do. Yeah. You're willing to use love and joy and, 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 and anger. And I wish, I wish people would understand that, like, Anger is a viable emotion in music. And it, and it, like, yes. I, cause I get it all the time. Like, people are like, why are you so angry in your music? It's like, well, look around. Why aren't you angry? Like, what exactly. is exactly? <laughs> <laughs> you should be angry. <laughs> yeah. Are you not? Are you not? You know, so yeah. I, I love that I get to see um, artists who, who understand that, who understand that, like, you know, there's, there's times for this and there's times for that. There, there's, there's times for everything. And there's, you know, music is, is such a, wonderful expansive thing that that there's no limit to what we can do emotionally in music so 
um, I, I appreciate you telling me the story. I appreciate where that comes from for you. And I, I, I really appreciate that tune. Um, so we're getting close to the end here, which is, uh-huh. which is a shame for me because I, this has been one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on this. And I don't say that lightly. And I certainly don't say that to everyone, even though, you know, but I've enjoyed every conversation I've ever had on here. Some I like more than others. I like it. I like the depth. I like, I like the emotion. I like the honesty that you have. So this is one of my favorite conversations. We are going to have to wrap it up soon though, because I'm sure you have other things to do with your time today. But uh, I always, I got to ask a couple of tough questions when I do these interviews though. So we're coming to that part. So, and I know, and you're such a wonderful, uh, a person to talk with. So I, I know you'll indulge me on this queen, but, yes. uh, I do have a couple, couple tough questions. I got to ask, I promise you they won't be too hard, but they are okay. tough. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Let me breathe first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number one, you're a wonderful songwriter, you're a wonderful singer, wonderful performer. You have the whole package, but let's say for example, you couldn't be both a, both a writer and a performer. You could only pick one. What would you choose? Hmm. I'd be a writer. Because yeah. then I would still be able to get the message out to the masses. You know, whether right. or not I can't, if I, if I couldn't physically perform it, I'd find the right person to perform it. But being able to get the, the message out to the masses, whether it's, you know, love, whatever it is, I, I think I'd, I'd do the writing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on. Right on. The other question I have is, let's say someone says, uh, oh, Kenny, Eugene, yeah, I've never, never heard any of your music, don't know any of your tunes, but I'm a very busy person. I only, I'm only going to have time to listen to one of your tunes. What tune would you tell them to check out? Mm, let's see. When I tell you that I love, you know I mean it. Japuta blessing and we own your land and steal it. You know it's high. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a great, you just, you just summed up everything you do in two lines right there. Like that's, that's, so, that's so beautiful. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to do it. So, so what's next for you from here? You've got this great new tune, Higher, out right now. And I know as soon as you're done listening, everyone's going to go out. And they're going to check out higher. But what's what's next for you? You're working on an album. What's 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 going on for Kenny Eugene in the next year or so? So right now, I have a couple of singles that I've been working on um, that are going to be coming out. Some features also. And but the most, my main focus right now is on completing my album, which is I'm like right here. You know, if I would just stop adding songs, but. <laughs> um, I am working on my album, which is a collaboration with Bamboo Station, and it's entitled Color Me Reggae. So look out for that album because I promise you, I have something on there for everybody. Uh, yes. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. Will you come back on and talk about it? Will you of come back course. on talking reggae and talk about it? All of right, course. Cool. I have cool. such a good time. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. I, I've I've loved talking with you. It's been a beautiful experience for me. Will you, uh, will, will you tell us where we can, you know, give us your, your website, your, your socials, all that stuff. Tell everyone where they can go and check out Kenya Eugene. Well, definitely you can find me on my website at www.kenyaheartmusic.com. And also on Instagram, you can find me at underscore Kenya Eugene underscore. On Facebook, it's Kenya Eugene. No spaces, no underscore, no caps, one word. <laughs> right on so go out and do it go out and check out higher first go listen to this tune go download this tune go stream the heck out of this tune and then go to all the kenny eugene sites follow her pay attention to her career going forward she's an incredible artist that i was blessed to talk with today queen thank you so much for being on here with i i can't i can't thank you thank enough. Give, you so much i give thanks to ja for for bringing you on to my show it is it's been wonderful for me and likewise, give thanks for having me. It's been a beautiful experience just being able to share my experiences and to speak with you. It's yeah, been right wonderful. On. Give thanks, Jay. Give thanks. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> you take care of yourself, okay? One love. All right. Bless King.
sounded good. 